Hi everyone, Tyler here. Just wanted to give a quick note before this episode of the Hockey Podcast. If you watched last show, you would know that we have switched from an audio-only podcast to an audio and video podcast, with the video version available on Nick's YouTube channel, Windy City Hockey. With a transition like this, technical difficulties are always going to occur, and we're still in the process of figuring out what works best for the podcast in terms of microphone setup. This means that all of our audio qualities aren't what we want moving forward, and it will be fixed before our next episode. With that being said, we are happy to say that the Hockey Podcast is currently planned to be released every single Monday at 10 a.m. Central. This might be shifted to Tuesday if time simply doesn't work, but the schedule should be consistent moving forward. So with all that nonsense out of the way, thanks for listening and enjoy this episode of the Hockey Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Hockey Podcast. This is the Fan Run Podcast with the Chicago Blackhawks. My name is Tyler, and I'm joined, as always, by my three co-hosts. For the first time ever, on camera, Wally. I'm back. Yes, you are back after missing the last two podcasts. Wally is actually back this time. For the first time on camera, you're also joined by Nick. Michael Davidson, you should not have sit down Reichel. You have different priorities than Kyle Davidson and John. Tank is back on. It is after a quick uh, delay and blip in the whole tanking vibe, uh, which we'll get to with those uh, three straight victories that happened this week. By the way, there were three straight victories before the Saturday game, if you forgot. Um, Let's first start off by doing what we do with every video podcast, Nick. What jersey have you got on today? I'm wearing my reverse retro that soon will get Lucas Reichel on it because Reichel scored his career first goal in it. And I basically said to all you guys on Discord saying, if Reichel scores he's, his first goal, I'm getting Reichel on it. And I've already paid to get it sent off to get Reichel put onto it. Not even 10 minutes. After you send that message, Reichel scored his goal. We were all just like, yep, there it is. Reichel's on the back of the jersey. <laughs> um, but along with that, uh, I think we want to start uh, just by going over a quick, small recap of... Because we mentioned the World Juniors after after the last podcast. We'd only gotten up to the semifinals. Since then, the finals happened. Um, Canada ended up winning uh, the gold medal. Um there was a crazy game in the bronze medal game. Uh, final score was 8-7 in overtime. It's ridiculous. But Team USA wins bronze. Sweden ends up in fourth. And then it was the Czechs versus Team Canada in the gold medal game. And Dylan Gunther, OTGWG, everyone goes crazy. Kevin Korczynski, Colton Dock with one arm, um, Ethan Del Mastro and Nolan Allen and most importantly, Connor Bedard and Anna Pantilli are all World Junior Gold Medalists. No, oh, Bedard's already a now a two-time World Junior Gold Medalist. A lot, a lot of them were on the previous team. Del Mastro was on the previous team, but Bedard, two-time gold medalist, and there we are. Especially when it comes to the Hawks prospects, well, you got four Hawks prospects on that gold medal team. Really five. It's five, actually, sir. Yeah, five. 
Yeah. Are you counting one of Bedard yeah. or Fantilli? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you're counting one of Bedard or Fantilli. That's that's nice. Um, <laughs> don't let that optimism break our hearts. <laughs> um, but yeah, any th- any thoughts on how that game went? Uh, because I I thought that um, you know, first of all, uh. David Yurichek's really good. Yeah, Yurichek was really good. I have a comment about the bronze medal game. Yeah, yeah, that game was kind of... Leo Carlson will be good with third overall pick if we have to take him. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've seen some mocks saying that the gap between Carlson and Fantilli is not actually that big. We'll see. Um... I, I wouldn't say so, but the better Carlson plays, the there's nothing getting a top three pick, especially if it's not the first pick this year, you couldn't be in a better year to get the third overall pick. Or the second overall pick. Or the first overall pick. It's just a great draft all around and Yeah. Again, as you said, more guys continue to play really well. Definitely. Yeah. And let's move into some other important news when it comes to the Hawks. Uh, recently, the All-Star Game rosters were announced. And because somebody had to get picked, Seth Jones was named the All-Star for the Chicago Blackhawks. Did anyone else here have a different Jake choice? Jake McCabe. There hey. it is. There it is. And I agree yep. entirely. I don't think we should have had to vote for Jake McCabe as an all-star. I think Jake McCabe should just have yeah. been yes. the all-star. He's been, he's been yeah. our best player, most consistent, or consistently our best player. Mm-hmm. What point? He's been the Blackhawks MVP this year. Seth doesn't even have those, Wally. At that point, you just vote in Caleb Jones, even though he gets healthy scratch half the time. I would even put Alex Stalock in the all-star game over Steph Jones. Yes. Actually, even though he's played like half the season and he, you know, was broken by Casey Zekas for two months, I'd still pick him. Yeah. And with that, let's move into the four games the Blackhawks played this week. Um, And I want to start with a stat. And this stat is the Hawks record in games with Lucas Reichel and the Hawks record in games without Lucas Reichel. In games with Lucas Reichel, the Blackhawks are 3-1-0. and in games without Lucas Reichel, the Blackhawks are eight twenty-five and four. <laughs> Running the tank, Tyler. I know. Now I know that that is a very small sample size, extremely small sample size. But you cannot deny it's hilarious. It is quite it's hilarious. It's hilarious, but. Kyle Davidson thinks he needs to be in the AHL. I'm sorry, he doesn't. He's ready for the NHL. Yes, he is. But is that the right move for him? Yes. Let the kid play. He's better than half the players on the Blackhawks roster already. But is that what matters? Is anyone here going to debate the argument that Lucas Reichel is at minimum a top five forward on this roster, in this organization, by current ability? Dispute that. To dispute that, say like like disagree with that take. No, I do not disagree. I agree that he's top five. I okay. Now the question is, would it be better for him to play for a team that's winning games 
or a team where he's basically the only reason why they'd ever be successful. Probably winning games. Probably winning games, yeah. Right, winning games. And considering the fact that he's also waiver exempt and, and he's not a bar- not even 21 yet, I think, I mean, this guy can't even drink in this country. I think that we're yeah. totally cool with him just being where he is in Rockford. It was a fun three-game stint while it was, but it wasn't perfect. I mean, he had the fantastic game. But it wasn't like he was, like, I mean, he had, I think the other two games were good, but it wasn't like they were, like, blowing the doors off. The thing is, why I think he should be up in the NHL, give him more of a shot. Keep sending a young player down. It's going to, at one point, lead to Reichel being angry, and I feel like he would be and wanting to leave the organization. He's your best prospect in the system. He's ready for the NHL. He's pro- He can show he can produce in the NHL, but the fact they keep sending him down or then calling him up for like a small stint, it's going to get to the point where it's frustrating to see a young player who knows he's ready for the NHL get sent down immediately. This is my problem. He should not be sent down three games after a good stint. Keep him up. Let him play with Patrick Kane. Let him have the opportunity to play with Patrick Kane and show what he can do. If he doesn't have that opportunity, we don't know what he else he can do because the Blackhawks and the way they're doing stuff keep sending him down there's going to be a hindering in his development. And the fact they want to make him a centerman does not make sense. He's been playing on the wing all season in Rockford, and he was playing on the wing in Chicago this season. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the whole thing with them saying, with them talking about him playing center in Rockford, because, yeah, you guys both said, John, all three of you guys are talking about how he was basically on the wing the entire He did play on the wing, so though, far, today. So. I don't play on the wing today. And he did play on the wing. So it almost it almost feels like that was kind of just a throwaway quote that should have never been said. That's why I think Davidson really shot himself in the foot with this press conference he had today. I think that I don't I don't think people are really going to value what was said today. Because I think that there's a zero percent chance that Lucas Reichel plays a single AHL game. Next yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Oh, yeah. Or after the trade deadline. Yeah. yeah. I think he comes up after the trade deadline. With the stays. exception of Calder Cup playoffs, which I think he will be the main go-to guy for them as they do what they can. Yep. I hope to God Isaac Phillips is also down there. I will also that. try my best to see, to notice where he's playing every night at home games. So I will try my best mm-hmm. to remember to do that because there's no there's no conceivable yeah. way he should play, be playing center in the NHL. He's got to play wing. Yeah, the way Reichel is built, his he is not the right size to play center in the NHL. He's too small to play center in the NHL. Yeah, no, and his 
his talent, and we we saw it last year when he was playing center in the NHL. There's just a it wasn't working. It, it, just, it just wasn't working. It's just not what makes him best. He has dynamic offensive skill, but it's better for him to be on a wing working on that with support down the middle. Yeah. I hope I hope this offseason that they like that he gains some weight because he's only one six or one seventy six. Either whether you're playing center or not, you, you should put some weight on you. That's a little too skinny for, no. for my taste. But with that, let's actually get into this first game with Lucas Reichel in the NHL. And this was a game against the Arizona Coyotes. Um, we're in the middle of a homestand at this point. Um, this was from the very first puck drop. Lucas Reichel was the best player on the ice the entire night. He could have had maybe three points that night, but he was just moving the puck well and keeping the play on his stick and helping the Hawks get up the ice pretty well. I thought Reichel clearly was the best player out there, and he was the best player all week for the Hawks. I already gave away who my pick is for best Hawk of the week. The second highest uh, 5v5 expected goals on the team uh, for this game at 79%. And even though he only had one shot, that shot was worth 0.32 expected goals, which is, is not, pretty that's, high that's, for that's one shot. Really high for, that's really high for yeah. any shot. Yeah. Um, but along with that, this was, um, this was another game where Alex Stalock was out of his mind. Uh, yep. Alex Stalock was actually... I said Lucas Reichel. Alex Stalock was actually the player of the game for this game. Alex yeah, Stalock was. was absolutely fantastic. Um, McCabe and Seth Jones were playing again together, and they were both great in this game. They, it, it just fits. It just fits so well. And I despise Jeremy Carlton so much for that one decision of never... I mean, it never made sense. The fact that Jake McCabe was playing actual ice time next to Connor Murphy for regular stretches of play, and no one understood why it wasn't working except for anyone who wasn't working for the team, boggled my mind. Yeah. I'm just wondering what happens with Vancouver because Colton's in there as their AHL coach, and Vancouver's probably going to blow up everything pretty soon here What's from weird, coaching. Though, what's weird, though, is it wasn't just Colleton who made that decision. Derek King did the same thing. In the very beginning, yeah, I know. Luke Richardson wasn't playing these two together. I mean, it wasn't very long ago yeah. we were all sitting here like, why the heck isn't Jake McCabe playing with Seth Jones? And then it finally started happening. I, I, I actually, I, I actually yeah, like... Gather. In the AHL, I thought he was a pretty good AHL coach for the Hogs. He went to the playoffs in his—I think mm-hmm. he went to the playoffs in his first season. I'm pretty sure. This is the only. It was only full. Yeah, season. yeah, 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 yeah. It was the only. It was only full season. He made the conference finals. If we could go back in time, I would keep him down there longer. Yeah, they they put him up there too quickly. He was like this the stopgap option. But then he became the permanent option. It was a weird thing that he ever got the He should have been down there longer. He got like instant his, like, success, which might have been his undoing here. Mm, 
And it probably could have made him a better coach, yeah. too. And then along with that, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Brett Saini made his uh, Hawks debut. Not his NHL debut. He played before, but he made his Hawks debut. The other superstar of the Rockford Ice Hogs. Um, Wally, uh, what were your thoughts about Brett Saini? Because he was kind of a wrecking ball out there. I think he was pretty good, all things considered. Kind of plays the same way that um, he plays in Rockford, too. Um, maybe not as dynamic, but he's definitely not afraid despite his size. Um, and his stats were pretty good, too. I think his expected goals was also above 70%. So that's pretty good. Yeah, he had a. Well, he nearly scored in that game. He ringed one off the pipe a couple of times, actually. Yeah. Um, but along with that, the uh, the two goal scorers ended up being in this game. Uh, the game-winning goal was by Jake McCabe in the second period. Um, and then Tyler Johnson ended up scoring the empty netter, and the Hawks won 2-0. And it was very simple. And, you know, that's two points, and we move. But it was against Arizona, obviously not the toughest of competition, but they are playing kind of well a little bit. I mean, they, they are fun, they're exciting. However, they're kind of nothing yeah. when they're not at the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird how they like are. They've, they've, made the, they've made that 5K stadium a fortress. Yeah. I guess if they're rumored of having a third jersey with a word mark, kind of works out for them because they play in a college stadium. They might as well have a jersey that looks like a college jersey. Pretty much. Uh, but next, we head to the game against the Calgary Flames. And this is just... The, I mean, this will forever be the Reichel game. It's the Reichel Showcase. It's welcome to the NHL, kid. Here's your moment. You deserve this more than anyone else. Um, fantastic goal uh, to start it off. He came out guns blazing to open that game, just making everything It was between happen. the legs, too, right? Yes, it was. It was. It, was a, it was a crazy goal, but even before the goal happened... He controlled that blazing. play to start it all uh, off. Oh, yeah. Beth Jones takes a shot. Um... And then there's like a deflection, and then it ends up going, and then he ends up, the shot he takes ends up with his stick between his legs, but it like trickles over the line, and personal goal, they yep. don't ask, they don't ask how they have to ask how many. I mean, for a goal, being the first NHL goal of his career, I'd say that's one of the nicest first career NHL goals. Just the way it went out, because he better controlled the play. Yes, better than Docs. <laughs> <laughs> the way Reichel controlled the play leading up to the goal, and then getting the puck off a rebound, going between the legs, and bar down, don't forget, it's a way for NHL career first goal to remember. It was a nice one, and... It shows how Reichel has the confidence to be in the NHL. After he scored his first goal, that Troy Murray doesn't remember his first goal, which is kind of weird. Like, you would think you would remember your first goal. <laughs> he said that again tonight. He yeah. Said, he said that again tonight. He, because he, they brought it up again because Isaac Phillips scored his first goal. Right, yeah. Uh, because which, 
It's just about how someone, someone, someone got him the puck, and then Murray was like... I believe it was Dickinson who grabbed the puck. I don't have the puck for my first goal. I don't even remember my first goal. <laughs> how, do you not re- how do you not remember your first initial goal? I know it was Dickinson who grabbed the puck for... Um... I think it was Dickinson who grabbed the puck tonight for Isaac. Yeah, it was Dickinson for Isaac, and it was Jones for uh, Reichel. Calgary ends up tying the game. Elias went home on the power play. But then, got to give credit where it's due. Hawks end up taking the lead, and I think that this entire play was started by the one and only worst player in hockey, Jack Johnson. Oh, yeah, he made a great pass. Fantastic pass. Absolutely fantastic stretch pass that caused the entire goal. Definitely. It, uh, Johnson in that game played well, but he has shown that he has not been good in recent nights, though. Yeah, and you can see he's now playing next to Connor Murphy. Yeah. And uh, Connor Murphy's performances have slipped. And that's the thing that we've been saying with Jack Johnson this entire season. Everyone he's played with, he's made worse. We saw it with Seth Jones. And now we're seeing it with Connor Murphy, whose performances are slipping. It's just really... It's... I mean... I guess you could say it's a sad end to a long career, but, like, the guy won a cup last year, so I think he's fine. I don't know why he just didn't retire a Stanley Cup champion, to be quite honest. That would have been fun. That would have been really cool for him. Um, but I guess I should mention the goal is actually scored by Colin Blackwell. Uh, first, yes. first goal for the Blackhawks. Um, certainly not what we thought when we got Colin Blackwell. I mean, Blackwell. I will say this: he puts a hundred and twenty percent out on the ice. But 200% falling into the boards. That's what you see a lot with Blackwell this year. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. It doesn't seem like... Like, I really do like when you see him, like, move through the neutral zone. Or, like, try and find a breaking... Like, try and find a breakout lane. Or try and find, uh... Like, anything. Um, Yeah. It just doesn't seem like the way that our fourth line wants to play is the same or fits the skill set that Colin Blackwell has. He's an energy guy, and we have a defensive, hard, massive, just checking fourth line. This big body checking fourth line. It just doesn't fit. So I mentioned it when I went to the Oilers game. It felt like he lost every single board battle he engaged in. Mm-hmm. Whether it was in the offensive zone or whether it was in the defensive zone, and especially in the offensive zone board battles, those like kill offensive zone time. You got to win those, like more times than not. Yeah, and that since you mentioned it, I've seen it a lot more often uh, now going forward. Just uh, correct. It's 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 a lot. It's just it's just a lack of strength on. It's just lack of strength in board battles, lack of strength in the uh, in those uh, in those positions, not being able to use physical in position. Um, it's like it's 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 like the problems that people 
fear with Brett Seamy, but he's not as small. Yeah. I see where you're coming yeah. from there. Um, but then, you know, just very quickly into the second period, actually. Very quickly into the second period. Hawks go into the first intermission break up to one, but very quickly into that second period, the Hawks get their third. And this one comes from Philip Kurashev, assisted by the one and only Lucas Reichel. This was a beautiful setup. Reichel and Kurashev going on a two-on-one break, and Reichel basically making um, Markstrom freeze in his position, making him think Reichel was shooting, him saucing it right over to Kurashev, and Kurashev buries basically an empty net goal. It was a nice setup play by Reichel to Kurashev. This was the goal that ended up getting Markstrom out of the game. They ended up yeah. pulling him for Dan Vladar for the rest of the game, and up until overtime, Dan Vladar was great. It was a good re- replacement. And it didn't take long after the uh, Hawks scored their third goal for Calgary to get one right back. And this one was, yep. um, you had a Huberto goal, and then not that long after, about halfway through the second period, power play opportunity for the for the Flames, and Nazem Kadri buries it. And that's two power play goals for the Flames in this game. Yes. And it... You could see the Hawks on the PK was struggling that night, but they did later on have a very much important kill late in the game to note. And that was the one, um, because there were no more goals throughout the rest of regulation, and a big part of that was because of that penalty kill you were mentioning after Seth Jones ended up getting a two-minute minor penalty. Yes, and the Hawks stood strong in the PK and were able to, I feel like, build momentum ready for overtime after that because the PK, that penalty kill came with about five minutes remaining in regulation time, if I remember correctly, and it was a very important kill for the Hawks. Before you get into the overtime, I do want to mention one other thing. Um, Jamie McCabe ended up getting in a fight in this game against Michael Stone. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I wanted to say this, because this is something that we've mentioned before, but I don't know if we've actually brought up the topic entirely on the podcast. Um, when Jonathan Taze is gone, who should be the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks, and why is it Jake McCabe? Well, the guy puts his heart out on the ice each and every night, yeah. no matter yep. what. Um, that's all it is. That's I also feel like he he's like a leader out there. Um, every time there's like a like there's a pushing match, there's it's always Jake McCabe getting in there if he's on the ice, and he's been our best player. Oh, wait, like, yeah. I know you don't usually give the you don't usually give the captain to the best player. Of, uh, more times than not, but he's been our best player mm-hmm. consistently throughout the year. So I think that deserves some recognition. I mean, yeah. And I do think that one thing I've noticed is it seems like franchises recently don't like to appoint, like, 
I don't know what it is, but teams like are so more willing to just be like captainless for like long stretches of years. Which is something that yeah. you would never see in like the two thousands. Like you had people who were just the most random people ever who were just captains of teams because they didn't want to be because there was no because captainless didn't exist. But now it's all about finding the Adrian right on coin and Martin LaPointe, boys. Martin LaPointe, yes. And Adrian a coin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like two people honestly should not be captains of the Chicago Blackhawk. And they were the captains before Jonathan Tate. Like, yeah, I don't No. There you go, Tyler. Oh, um, but like but like do we really need to be captainless? Is that really necessary? I think the Hawks will do it be just because Jonathan Taze is the greatest captain in Blackhawks history. I, it makes sense. I think they want to wait to see who they think would be the next guy and will be on the team longer than maybe two years or less. So I feel like they probably will wait. And if Taze does leave... I think they will decide to go three A's alternating each night. Yeah, like you have an A. You like what's a? Uh, I think they did it. I think they did it a couple of years ago. The Blackhawks did Connor Murphy for he had the ends just for home games, and then I think it was like Kane. Yeah, they yeah, they too. I never got that because Seth Jones has the home is the home A, and uh, Murphy, Murphy is the away. away. And last last year, last year DeBrinket was last year DeBrinket was on rotation there with Murphy. Didn't Dehan also have the A for a little bit? Who was that? Dehan? Yeah, he did. What have, was that? I said, didn't Dehan yeah, have yeah, for like he a did, game he or did, two? I think Maybe he like did. Game. I don't think he did. I think he only oh, wore okay. it during preseason. Okay, I thought someone was hurt and maybe he served as an alternate. Uh, I know for sure. Andrew yeah, no, Shaw Andrew wore Shaw the was, because that was the year we didn't have Taze. Yeah. And yeah. then, so it was like, we had Taze. We didn't have Taze. Uh, we didn't have Seabrook because Seabrook was an alternate, but now he, but he was gone. Yes. Everybody was hurt. He was there, but he was hurt. So we had Keith, we had Kane, and then it was like Murphy, and then after Murphy was Shaw. Break it, have it Shaw was wearing it before Murphy. The thing was, they gave it to uh, Shaw before they gave Murphy. It to, yeah, they gave it to Shaw. Before Murphy, and then they gave it to Murphy, and then when Murphy and Shaw weren't there, then they gave it to DeBrinket. Yes. Well, explain to me real quickly what the rationale is behind the rotation, because you don't have to have the A under just to be a just, leader. Just having more people uh, to can who are part of the leadership group, and then also the the primary reason why captains exist is because those are the only players who are allowed to speak to refs. Yes. That's why uh, you're starting to see more teams have an extra captain on their captain's list. They may not wear a letter on their jersey for some games, but they can actually talk to the refs mm-hmm. as a leader. And a cool one. Uh, I, I'd be... I mean, the weirdest one, you can't let your goalie wear an A or a C, and the last goalie being named captain was Roberto Lovato <laughs> in the I love NHL. The honest mask. <laughs> that was funny. 
Yeah, the yes. captain responsibilities. I know in college you can wear the letter if you're a goalie, and that's what's happening with Drew oh, Camesso. Really? No, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Camesso is wearing an A for uh, Boston, Boston College. University. University. It's Boston College he's on. Oh, I always flip up Boston U or Boston, Boston College. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. You're going to make both okay. of fan bases very mad. Very mad. I'm sorry um, to both your fan bases. I flip them up by accident all the time. We may have an official apology for you. (laughs) All right. But anyways, uh, with that, we get into the very end of this game with an absolutely fantastic play that involves Lucas Reichel on the three-on-three feeding it to Domi, who buries it for the winner. And look, I have said that I haven't been, like, too crazy in terms of, like, wins and losses and, like, ah, you know what? This, this season is just kind of happening as it is. I, I, I screamed yeah. and jumped out of my chair when this goal happened. Yeah, it this was a was good goal. This was a great was win for the Black. It was a good goal. I was happy when it was scored. Because now, that when, I, when I have Domi, cared, go. Oh, because that means uh, Domi uh, increased his trade value. He's resigning. Resigning. <laughs> well, I, a man can dream that we can get a, a first for Domi. But, I mean, if we get a first for Domi, then he's probably not resigning. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what a man dream. What what I have what I have been as happy with this goal if it wasn't Lucas Reichel who scored who was he had the primary assist. Probably not. I Agreed. mean, I was I was I Agreed. was losing my mind. I was losing my mind about that that one kid right there and that moment more than anything else. Reichel had himself a game and. He yeah, wasn't even was named the first that star that night, which that was, was a shock. It went to it went to Staylock. No, it went to Domi. No, 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 no. I meant like I was going through the each of the names. Yeah, it went to Staylock, McCabe, and Domi, right? Staylock, Reichel, and Domi. Okay. Reichel was number two, but he should have been number one. Oh no! Oh, McCabe was named a star yeah. for the Avs game. That's right. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did deserve, he deserved that, star. that star. He's our he's our MVP yeah. and, with that, and let's head right into that Colorado game because um so let's first start this by discussing the uh Colorado Avalanche, uh your reigning Stanley Cup champions who can't even be in a playoff spot. My oh my, this reminds me of the twenty eleven Hawks. Are they actually not in a playoff spot? It does remind me of the twenty eleven Hawks. But it reminds me more of the 2015 mm-hmm. LA Kings, who actually missed the playoffs because of a lot of injuries. Yeah, of injuries. Injury has been a main main issue for the uh, the Colorado Avalanche this year, especially when you consider the fact that Gabe Landeskog has not even played a game for them this year. They've missed their entire captain for the entire yeah. season. I mean, you can't expect to be anywhere near as good as you were last year. The Avs have been so injured this year, it's been hurting the team, and that's why they're the bubble wrap Avs. It seemed like every there were a lot of moments where the Avs even looked injured on the ice in this game, I've noticed. Just 
they were dropping like a bunch of flies. You were seeing players getting basically thrown around like ragdolls out on the ice because the Hawks actually were hitting them hard and leading to heavy shots that dropped a bunch of players onto the ice. It led to like three players having to leave the ice a few times. But early into the first period, and this is something that we haven't mentioned exactly yet, but we started mentioning it in the previous um, podcast. Uh, With the three games we mentioned in the previous podcast and these three most, these three games we have just talked about so far, game against the Yotes, game against the Flames, and this game against the Avs, Hawks scored first all six times. Six games in a row, they scored first. After barely scoring first in any of the first 30 games of the year. Why? Hockey stupid. Okay? The hockey gods. Yeah. Make their choice. It was interesting to go on a streak like that that ends in a disgrace to hockey later on, but... It was a fun streak because knowing how the Hawks were, it was so predictable. You're going to give up at least the first goal and maybe the next goal. And maybe then you score two or one and you end in a final score of four to one loss. But the Hawks were scoring first, which led to them getting early momentum for themselves, which... You haven't seen a lot with yeah. this team and this season. Another thing is that it's been a while. It's been like since the Tampa game, I believe, since the Blackhawks even were down. When you look at the Arizona game, yeah. two nothing. Obviously, they were never down there. Uh, the game against the um, the Flames, they scored first. They went up three one. They were never down there. And you look at this game against the Avs, one nothing, one one. 2-1, 2 2 Staying on top of the play. Staying it, in the lead. Not falling behind. Not having to chase games. All the things that were the reasons why Lucas Reichel was not in the NHL were all the things he was causing us to do when he was in the NHL. Is it irony? Or is it just aggressive? Or, or it... I just, I just think it's four-dimensional tanking. 4D tanking. Yeah, or is it 8D? Or is it 8D tanking? Uh, it depends on how the lottery balls fall. <laughs> I'm confused as to what that means, but okay. I have no clue what it means either, and I said it. Okay, uh, Laffy Taffy had a nice breakaway goal, so that was cool. Yeah, it was. It was a really nice goal. Um, who who was the person that made the pass? I forget. It was Blackwell. Good job, Blackwell. You did something good. Uh, He's good. You did something good in, uh, in Peter a three-game stretch. Good stuff. Um, Andre Athanasiu with nice skating and another goal off the rush. Amazing pass by Phillips. He's really good. Isaac Phillips. He's very He's good. Really good. Very good. We need it. We need, yeah. Isaac Phillips got scratched yeah. for a couple of games there, but he gets right back in the lineup and doesn't um, doesn't show any signs of having any issues with being outside the lineup. He was good. He was good. 
Um, I would also like to mention that AA's skating was really good. It's always good. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that was like problem. exceptionally good. Like it was, it was better than usual. Radish battles for position at the front of the net and tips it in. Yeah. So good by Radish. Um, Mrazek played well against this defending Stanley Cup champions. That's always good to see. Mm-hmm. And then the PK was really good. We killed off all, yes. all five power plays that the Avs had. Yeah. Very noteworthy because the first time we saw the Avalanche, uh, the power play were was going off for both teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this time, and that's why no Jake power McCabe play was a star because he was on all those power play or penalty kills. Mm-hmm. But along with that, there was uh, a moment towards the end of the game. There was a there was a disallowed goal because of goaltender interference. A good challenge by Luke Richardson. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that, the Hawks end up escaping this game with a narrow three two victory against the Colorado Avalanche. Um. So yeah, that's three straight wins. And then we've already discussed what happens up next. We've already discussed what happens to- next. I'm not talking about the game itself. I'm talking about the transaction before the game. Oh. We already discussed Oh, that. okay. We've already discussed that. It happened. Uh, Lucas Reichel gone. Um, he was playing a different hockey game at the same time the Blackhawks were playing tonight. Uh, didn't do too much better there, but we'll get to that. No, we, no they did 100% better than we, we did. Got a point. I don't care that we lost. They did better than us. Sure. <laughs> Um, we didn't give up a goal. <laughs> yeah, but let's get into this final game of the week against the Seattle Kraken. This game was ridiculous. This game was absolutely nuts. This game was unreal. This game was Peter Morazic just completely forgetting that he is big. He didn't even attempt to make a save, it felt like. So defending Stanley Cup champions who's ha- who have a f- high-flying offense. <laughs> and then how do you put up a stinker against the Kraken? Um, but this game was absolutely crazy. Um, and I think that all you really need to say is that at the end of the first period, the score was somehow 6-1. to one. And yet... The shot totals weren't even that bad. Weren't even that bad. Are you? The shot totals. No, the shot totals. The shot differentials hey. were not that bad. It was the goaltending. Yes. Look at the shot differentials at the end of the first period. It was like 11 to 8. It was. Yeah. After that Taze goal, um, the all the shots came from the Hawks right after that Taze goal, and then it was all cracking. It was shot differential. Yes, it was pretty close, but shots on net compared to goals for the Kraken is a little v- ridiculous. First shot on net, goal. Third shot on net, goal. Fourth shot on net, goal. Fifth shot on net. Goal. 
You have to get the fifth shot in that with the goal, and then you pull the goalie after Peter Morazic after he scores four goals. And when you pull him, you then have to bring in a recently recovered from illness Alex Salok, who allows the first two, who allows a goal in the first two shots that he faces. You should have held like a fan poll, yeah. like seeing who would have been the best goalie, and then played him. Well, unfortunately, mm-hmm, yeah. Now, one thing that was mentioned, which we haven't mentioned yet, um, the Blackhawks hosted like a barcade before the game. They had like they had opened up the um, they had opened up the United Center and they had brought in like they allowed a bunch of people to, like get drinks at, starting at like three today. Did they know what was going to happen in the first period before uh, this happened? Because yeah, so. It led to a rowdy crowd for that night before. By the end of the first period, the score was six to one, and I think that the, the one of the funniest things you could say in the whole situation is the fact that by the end of the first period, both Adam Larson and Vince Dunn were plus sixes. Yeah, it was comical after the first because basically. all the goals were even strength. How- Every single goal in the first period was even strength. Yeah, it, it was just a disgrace how the Blackhawks came out to play. They did not come out to play. No one came out to play. Goaltending did not come out to play. Defense, no way came out to play. The offense for five minutes came out to play, and that was it. The Lucas Reichel 4D chess element comes in. We're all in on that tank. And my God, I did not know you could be all in on the tank this hard. Maybe, maybe like, Reichel. This is, this is. I guess uh, Davidson this got his wish. hard for Bedard. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe the, maybe the whole uh, Lucas Reichel being the, the thing that keeps the team together was right. Because we beat the defending Stanley Cup champions with him and then we lose to. An expansion team the next night or next game. Who's actually been playing well? Expansion team is an expansion team. But they don't, they actually know how to play smart, structured hockey. Their team's also better on paper. So, you know. It genuinely is considering all the injuries to the abs. It is genuinely. A better lineup yeah. than what the abs threw at us. Um, but with that, you know, we had the first period, but then, you know, we have at least one thing that we can enjoy from what happened tonight. Isaac Phillips scored his first NHL goal, and it was off a really, really nice shot bar down. And he was. But he was smacking his stick to get that puck to lead to the goal, and it was a beautiful first career goal for himself. Two f- nice, great first career goals in one week for the Blackhawks with two players who deserved them, and the way they scored it, both in nice fashion, and Phillips was very nice, but it didn't spark much momentum from it. Yeah, certainly not. Um, but with that, you know, game got a little 
better before it got worse. Um, Max Domi ended up scoring early into the third period. There was a power play. But Domi should have shot a puck that he clearly wanted to just feed the pass over to Kane. Back in the second period, he made up for himself mm. by scoring yeah. a goal finally on a power yeah, play. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just as everyone was like, well, maybe, you know, they need a couple more goals and they can get back in this game. Bam! Two quick goals by the Kraken, and the score is 8-3 now. Um, final score... Yeah, final score final score ended up being eight to five. Uh the shot totals were thirty to twenty-seven. Now, how does thirty to twenty-seven equal an eight to five game? Peter Morazic is the answer to that question. Jones. Martin Jones was not actually was not anywhere near good enough either. Yeah. It, there was no, no goaltending tonight on either side. The only time, I mean, I I will just say that I laughed after like the after like the fourth goal went in, and as the goals just kept on piling up, I just started laughing at the whole situation. The only time I was genuinely mad during this game was when Eli told him to score. Yeah, because the Blackhawks could have had him, Davidson. You wanted the tank. You wanted the tank. You you could have had him. You still could have had him. We still would not have been better with him. We could have had him. Five games. Or seven points in eight games. But we wanted to tank. We wanted to tank. And let's be honest. Nashville is officially announcing that they screwed up. Which means. And you could have had him. That there were 20 plus teams that also screwed up by saying no to him on waivers. It just wasn't just us. Yes. How much worse would it have been if, like, you know, he went unclaimed and then, like, oh, that's your biggest rival who you just let off the hook? Come on. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, And with that, the Hawks end up going 3-1 and one this week. Actually a very solid week for the Hawks, all things considered. Um, But I want to start over with Nick. Nick, who do you have for Blackhawks Player of the Week? I already said it earlier. It's Lucas Reichel, hands down. Mm-hmm. Three points in three games for the Hawks this week. Very good performance for Lucas Reichel. Wally, who have you got? And I'm also going to go with Lucas Reichel. I don't really know who else it could really be. Lucas Reichel's my pick, too. All right. John? Um, uh, Not much more else to say. He was very good. Yeah, um, I'm going to throw a little bit Put a curveball out there. Um, I'm actually, you know what actually is interesting? I'm going to go with a guy who averaged more points per game this week than Lucas Reichel. That's Seth Jones. Seth Jones oh, had five points in you, four we games. You could have had the Reichel sweep. Lucas Reichel. I respect that. The Reichel sweep. I, I, I would, I would say that him playing next to Jake McCabe had had a very good week. He had the assist on Lucas Reichel's first career NHL goal. I would say that if you're not picking Lucas Reichel, Seth Jones was a very good option for player of the week. And he was only a minus one in that disgrace of a game in, against Seattle. Yeah. I respect it. Mm-hmm. I recognize Seth Jones' limitations, but he had a very good week point production-wise, something we actually haven't seen much this year. So hopefully that changes because 
Um, I would like to see him producing more points than he has. All right, but moving on now to our Tank Commander of the Week. Tank Commander of the Week is the person, either player or otherwise, who is the primary reason for driving the bus of this tank. I'm going to start with John. Who is your pick for Tank Commander of the Week? Peter Morazic. Nothing else needs to be said. Yes. Four goals on five shots for Peter Morazic. Wally, who is your pick for Tank Commander of the Week? Might be mixed, but I'm going with Kyle Davidson. <laughs> uh, yeah. And honestly, uh, yeah. I respect it. I respect it. I yeah, respect no, it. and uh, I will let uh, I will let Nick explain more into his reasoning for making his pick because I also agree with his selection entirely. So, Nick, who is your Tank Commander of the Week? And please explain in full detail with the PowerPoint presentation. It's definitely Kyle Davidson. He's a coward for sending out Lucas Reichel. All right, everyone grab your everyone grab your popcorn and a drink. We're going to be here for a while. I'm sorry. I, I I'm I'm fed up with the fact that he at the beginning of the year said when Lucas Reichel is caught up, he is here to stay. He lied about that by sending him down twice now after calling him up for two short stints, one for one game, and one for the three games this week. What happened in those three games? The Hawks went on a three-game win streak. What happens after sending him down? The Hawks get play a disgrace of a game in the first period of play. Right and saying that Reichel needs to be a centerman down in the AHL when he has not played center all season. Take commander of the week, Kyle Davidson. I'm going to agree with both of you. I think that Kyle Davidson is tank commander of the week. Do I have any personal opinions about whether or not it was the right decision for the long-term success of the organization? I think it could be. Do I still believe that it was definitely a tank commander move to do so? Yeah. Regardless of whether or not it was for the long-term benefit of the franchise, which I will say right now that I think it partially was, I still think that it was a tank commander move, and he is our tank commander of the week for the Chicago I have a question. Blackhawks. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to sit here and act like Michael should have been sent down because I'm not, because he shouldn't have. He was playing very well. Wow, you finally admit he needed to be in the NHL. I've said that since probably the Arizona game. But you were fed up that they called him up. Because I want to watch him every night at the Ice Hawks. Does me being greedy and personally wanting to watch him make me blind to the fact that he's been playing very well? No, it's not, does not Nick, so get, get wrecked. Anyway, um, we are off. Four of us are sitting at our homes on our couches watching the game. Do we think Kyle Davidson might know a thing or thing or two more than us about hockey? And he knows what he's doing, potentially. Yes. But the fact that... I'm just, the throwing, fact it, is, I'm just throwing it out of this possibility. I'm still trying to figure out how Davidson thinks Reichel is going to be a centerman. They haven't played him all season at the dot. He's better off just... Keep him, him at the wing. I'm sorry. That's the wrong thing to say 
that he's sending him down so he could develop into a centerman when he's clearly not a centerman at this point. And I'm and not probably argue that either, but GMs and coaches are notorious for saying stuff they don't mean on in press conferences. Like, it happens all the time. Up the tongue, like, you know, he, I mean, he was playing center last year, so they were prioritizing him as a center, but it seems like now they're prioritizing him as a winger, but, you know, like you may have just accidentally said, giving him time at center, and even though that's not actually a plan. Andrew Sorensen isn't playing him as a center, and that doesn't seem to be the long-term plan and development of the franchise now, entirely. And also, so, Reichel's going to be playing up in the NHL at the very latest by next year. At the very latest. At the very oh, yeah. latest. He will he'll be, be, he'll be full-time season, in the NHL. But... He will not be sent down. If he does get sent down, then... No. Then, rosters, the roster we have then right now... I will have go. questions. But right now, I'm not questioning it because the Ice Hogs are actually doing well, and we're not. If there was a GM of the Year award for the greatest tank, Kyle Davidson would win that. Yeah. Because it's it's long term yeah. beneficial for the franchise. Yeah, because long term long term beneficial, but it is also reliant on ping pong balls. Yes. Because right now I just say we're getting the third overall pick, and if we get the first or second. I'm happy and I'm surprised. That's the same with me too. I have already, I've already accustomed, I've already like succumbed to the fact that in my in my heart of hearts, I think we are going to pick third, and I will be happy with anything better than that. Optimistic. That's what we're saying. I mean, I can't rely on lottery balls. I can't. And with that, we are going to do a quick little recap of the prospect report. Uh, a little bit shorter than usual, just so we can get out of here. It's been a long day, long pod, long game from today earlier. So we're just going to bring up a little bit of information when it comes to the prospect report. And then we're going to head on out of here and give our predictions for the week ahead when it comes to Blackhawks hockey. Um, so Wally, what do we have for the first and most important news in terms of prospect reports for the week? Well, there were a bunch of, uh, trades in the CHL, the CHL trade deadline. Um, Ethan Del Mastro was traded, um, from Mississauga to Sarnia. Mm. Um, he's played with Christian Cairo, I believe so far, Mm. um, in Sarnia and he's played pretty well. I think he scored a goal in his first game, first or second game with Sarnia. Um, Smaller, skilled defenseman. He's like if his brother was short and was a defenseman. Yeah. Um, And then Colton Dock was traded to Seattle. Now he's hurt, so it could be a month or two from what I've read until we actually see him play. But um, we're going to get to see him play with Korshinsky and Allen, which is cool. Yeah, and a couple Um, other notes when it comes to the – when it comes to Seattle, uh, one, they had the rights to Brad Lambert and they recalled him from Winnipeg. So now they have Brad Lambert. And that team's going to I believe win they just traded for Dylan Gemther, even though they don't have him quite yet. Get sent down for the playoffs, from what my understanding mm-hmm. is, because. I doubt Arizona is going to make the playoffs. So. No, no, no. <laughs> that, 
that Seattle roster's going on and winning the memorial the more the memorial cup. I'm I saying would, it right now. I would I wouldn't put a pass in to win the Mem Cup. But then you look at what Cam Loops did and traded for first for Olin Zellweger and you're like, I mean <laughs> Yeah. What was that about? I don't understand that one. Um and then anything else in terms of that? Um, and then uh, Shane Wright was sent back to the OHL, but he got traded. So um, I think Ludwinski was named the captain now of uh, Kingston. Mm, that's good. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Um, and then another important note, very, very, very important note. Um, Paige Harding had a two-goal game um, on Friday. Um, and this was after I posted a shift by shift that Tyler recorded. Um, so I'm ta- me and Tyler are taking all the credit for that two goal game. He, yeah, we, yeah. Well, I, on his uh, Chicago Blackhawks prospects uh, YouTube channel, where he just has a bunch of clips and highlights and stuff, I recorded a shift by shift of Tate Harding and Connor Kelly uh, playing a game against uh, Merrimack, which is where Slava Devon plays. And um, I still haven't actually watched it. Like I haven't like analyzed the like the video yet. I've honestly only seen like it so that I can like go through and edit the beginnings and ends of the of the like their ice time. But um, that same day that it ended up getting uploaded was the same day that Tage Harding scored two goals for <laughs> Providence. Also against Merrimack in another game where they blew them out. I feel like you should share this next. Okay. So. This one starts because I like to go through a lot of the Hawks prospect highlights on YouTube every night. I'm like, okay, so I'll see what this guy's doing, see what this guy's doing. So I was going and I was like, okay, so Gatineau played a game. And I wanted to see what was up in the Gatineau game. And I saw, was watching the clip and I saw Savoie scored. So I wanted to go back and see the goal. And then I saw the goal and it was like 10 seconds after Gatineau had scored a goal already. They were down one nothing. They scored a goal, and then they scored another goal 10 seconds later to take the lead 2-1. And after this goal, Samuel Savoie decided to gritty on the ice, which is like my favorite thing I've ever seen happen <laughs> on ice. So Samuel Savoie grittied. Um, it was very funny. And then I posted the clip on Twitter because I was like, everyone needs to know that this happened. And then a bunch of people saw it, and I was really happy that a bunch of people saw it. Um, so, yeah, no. Uh, Samuel Savoy is having a fantastic season this year. Um, Gatineau won a game 7 nothing like, a couple days ago. Um, and Savoy only had an assist in that game. And that was, like, a bad game for him, considering everything that's going on this year. Because he's just on a massive points explosion. And it's getting to the point where we need to really consider how much of a runaway he should be given to fight for a job next in on next year's roster. Like, he's getting a contract. There's no doubt about that. But he, after the season's over, he's going to get an NHL contract. 100% guaranteed. The real question is, should he show up to training camp next summer with the genuine possibility that he is a one of our 14 forwards. And I think that he should get the chance to prove himself in that role. Will he actually stay that way? 
Probably not because I think he would also be a really good candidate for Team Canada's World Junior roster next year. But I think he should be given the chance to make the team. Yeah. Yeah, Cole Gutman scored uh, OT, GWG for uh, for Rockford the other night. Um, he's been quite good, kind of playing in all situations for Rockford, especially uh, when Reichel was up with uh, the Blackhawks. And he's he's been great, um, especially as a first-year pro. And I'm guessing that we're probably going to see him in the NHL fairly soon, too. So. Um, just, just like a few smaller points. Um, Aiden Thompson is point per game uh, in 16 games this year for Denver. Um, after coming back from injury, he's been quite good. Um, Ryan Green, um, he has 17 points in 19 games as a true freshman. Um, and on Saturday night, he made a ridiculous pass. I think it was to Jeremy Wilmer. It was just a ridiculous pass. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been great this year. Um, and then uh, Jalen Lipin, um, he had an injury he was dealing with. Uh, he recently came back, and he has six points in eight games uh, for Tri-City and the WHL. Um, Dominic Basse had a shutout on Saturday for uh, St. Cloud State. And then my final point is that Alex Vlasic has returned um, from his what was it? Was it a fibula? It's a broken, broken, it like. broken leg. Broken fibula, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he came back in three weeks when it was supposed to be six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And we discussed we discussed more of this last time because we had a feeling that it was going to be coming. Uh, and Nick mentioned how like he had a similar situation with his own uh, leg. So, obviously, it's something that we knew was coming, but he played in the game against uh, played in the first game of the week against Iowa. He's played in all four games in the AHL since this happened. And it's just good to have him back. And with that, we're going to get into a quick little preview of the upcoming week for the Chicago Blackhawks. First game of the week is the final game of the homestand, Tuesday night at home against the Buffalo Sabres. Thursday, we travel on the road to Philadelphia, face the Flyers. And then Saturday night... We travel once again to St. Louis to visit the most boring city in hockey and face the St. Louis Blues. So, Wally, I'm going to start with you for this one. These three games, Buffalo, Philly, St. Louis. And I guess you can also add the L.A. game, which is Sunday night at home, because we'll we'll be recording before that, but we won't have our podcast out before that game. Uh, what do you have for those four games in terms of score predictions? So I'm going to say we lose five to two to the Sabers. Um, we win three to three to one against the Flyers. We lose four to two against the Blues, and then lose five to three against the Kings. Mm-hmm. Out of that, yeah. Um, and then also, who do you think will lead the team in points this week? Let's go with... I feel like Max Domi's been pretty good as of late, so I'm going with Max Domi. All right. Uh, Nick? Well, I'm going to be at the game on Tuesday, and I may go to the one on Saturday. Um, So, hopefully, a Hawks win on Tuesday at the United Center because Buffalo is wearing those ugly reverse retro jerseys that night where it's all white, white 
jersey, white pants, and white gloves. <laughs> they deserve to lose any time they wear that, and the Hawks should wear uh, should win. Um, I'm going to predict a Hawks win in overtime of a three of three two victory over the Sabers. Hopefully, uh, Alex Daylock in net. Uh, since we seem to always lose in Philadelphia. I'm going to say the Hawks will lose again in Philadelphia. And it's going to be a low-scoring game of a 2-1 game because both teams don't score much. The game against St. Louis, I would say probably a 3-2 game, probably in favor for St. Louis. And the L.A. game uh, probably is a toss-up. You could say probably Four, one LA. Is that uh, one win for you? Yes. One win against Buffalo. All right. And then who do you have for the leading score for the Hawks this week? I'll give it to Kane because he tends to play well against all four of those teams. All right. And John. So I have a 5 3 loss to Buffalo. Sorry, Nick. A. Um, a 2-1 loss to Philly because John Tortorella is scary. Um, I'll say 4-3 loss to St. Louis in regulation because they're the Blues. And a, let's say, what do I want to give to the Kings? Probably a 4-2 loss. Yes, very pessimistic. Yes. For losses. Because Reichel's not here. All right. And, John, who do you have as the Hawks' leading scorer for the league? I agree with Wally. I think it's going to be Domi. All right. Um, and then for me, I have in this Buffalo game, I think it's going to be close, but I would see something like a 4-2 to two with, like, an empty net or as the fourth goal. Tage uh, Thompson, two goal night. Um, actually, no. Jeff Skinner, two goal night because my mar- because my narratives will be proven right. It'll blow up in my face. Um, and when it comes to Philly, um, I think that we'll get like, I'll say, let's say, um, a Hawks win in the shootout. Uh, Risto will score a point. Uh, the game against St. Louis. Nick Sealer, oh my god. Oh actually, yeah, Blackhawk legend actually, Nick Sealer. Actually, Nick Sealer, who has some of the most wildly good analytics this year. I saw a lot of Nick Sealer jerseys in Iowa when I went. Fox waiver claim legend Nick Sealer. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I think that um, if Risto and Sealer both get points, that would just be the funniest thing ever. Um, but I think it'll be like a 2-2 with the Hawks win the shootout. Um, it'll be the first regular season win in Philadelphia since 97. Now Mrazic will beat the team that he was never good for. <laughs> um, but that was like in the time when he was still a good goalie. Uh, when it comes to St. Louis... Um, 
I want to just say that we're going to win this game because Nick will provide the energy of an entire fan base. In the stadium if I go? Yeah, if you're there. If you if you go, then I think that the Hawks will um, win this game. I'll say 2-0. Two 2-0, nothing. Two nothing, shut out. Um... Jordan Bennington gets a minor penalty. Um, and I will say game misconduct. Okay. <laughs> game misconduct. Um, and then uh, the last one is the Kings, and this is a back-to-back night, so I think Salak will start this game, and the Hawks will lose six to one. You mean Mrazek will start in that game? Yeah, Mrazek will start, and the Hawks will lose six to one. Okay. And with that, I will also. Add that I think that the Hawks' leading point guy for the week. Hmm. See, I want to go with Kane. I want to go with Kane, but he's not actually been that good. I mean, like, he's not been great, and he missed a lot of time last week, so he could be trying to get his legs underneath him. I'm going to say the Radish. I'm going to say the Radish does it. I considered Seth. I considered Seth. And with that, that is going to be the end of this episode of the Hockey Podcast. Tune in next week where we'll be able to recap all those games, including Rockford. We'll be able to go through Rockford more next time. And we'll be able to go through some more of the prospect information. And if we have time, Wally and I will be able to also share off our prospect pyramids, which we have been uh, working on and making sure they're good. And if any, either of you, yes, all of us will be sharing them if we so desire. So thank you, as always, for joining me. Wally? I'm tired. I am too. Uh, Nick? Uh, Davidson, please stop being a tank commander. And John? I am tired too, but I'm probably going to stay out. That is everything for us here. My name is Tyler. This has been the Hockey Podcast, and we will see y'all next time. Take care. Music for this podcast was Cool Rock by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find out more at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0.